I'll scream louder. One, two. Can you guys hear me okay? Yep. Loud and clear? Wonderful. Thank you, the group. All right, let's watch. Words of love can come so quickly these days, but there's something about holding an envelope. It was kind of interesting. Especially one so words of love can come so quickly these days, but there's something about holding an envelope. Words of love can come so quickly these days, but there's something about holding an envelope. It was kind of interesting. Especially one so filled with emotion from 70 years ago. I was really surprised because I had no way of knowing that it would show up in, in the way it did. Bill Moore wrote this letter when he was a 20-year-old soldier in World War II. The recipient... My darling, lovable, Hilary Bernadine. A girl he met while on furlough. I, I knew I wanted to marry her. Bernadine. When you're apart for that reason, not knowing if, if and when you would ever see that person again, it... Every, every chance you got to communicate was wonderful. The letter, a preamble to 63 years of marriage. Reading it back now. So lovely, darling, that I often wonder how it is possible that you're mine. Moore can laugh through his tears at his choice of sweet words. <laughs> it probably gets worse. <laughs> He's 90 years old now, living here at an assisted care home for vets. Surrounded by memories of his military service and family, and once again, longing for the love of his life. I loved her. Bernadine died five years ago. She loved me. And that's all I can tell you is a, is a heartache not being with her all the time. It's just one piece of their incredible story that's traveled across the world, then somehow into a thrift store record sleeve. The only letter from that time that survived. I read it for my daughter last night. Now, for generations to come. It really hit me that we were seeing the true depth of my parents' love. Their love sets such a beautiful example for what life can be. Lindsay Watts, 7 News. What a beautiful story of love. What an incredible story. Que historia más, más preciosa. And um, as I was watching that video, I was reflecting, um, thinking, and remembering about my personal uh, love journey with Flory. You know, we, we dated by mail because back, back in those days, I was in Costa Rica, and she was going to school in Michigan. Uh, and we would write letters. Back in the day, uh, younger generation, just so you know, this was pretty much the only affordable way to, co to be in touch with one another. En esa época, esta era la forma más económica de comunicarnos, ¿verdad? And once in a while, you know, maybe once a month, we would do a, uh, a one phone call a month, five minutes. That was it, because it was so expensive that this was the way to communicate. So letters are such an important thing. They are very important still today. If you guys are applying for college, for instance, when you get a special envelope with a letter, you get excited, right? You get like, okay, what's going on? Still, this is relevant in our, in our culture today. It has changed, but these letters have a, uh, a profound impact in our lives. So I think, you know, by, by reading these letters, you know, through our dating process allowed us to get to know each other better. And I relate so much to the, uh, the video that we were watching. These letters uh, are profound. Sometimes they are uh, funny. Sometimes you, know, you write what's going on in, in, 
in Costa Rica, for instance, when I, I would tell somebody, oh, you know what, this is happening and blah, 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 and uh, a lot of interesting stuff. And also, a lot of important stuff, deep conversations as well, all through letters. So today, what I like to do is uh, explore three letters from the Bible that I believe are relevant today. I love what the daughter was sharing on this video, that she still reads these letters to her kids. Why? Because they are so beautiful. They are uh, a message of love, of commitment to one another. So these letters that we'll be uh, studying today from the Bible are very profound. And in my opinion, it is the true definition of a love letter. So we will be diving in. So if you guys have your Bibles and uh, on your phones or physical Bibles, remember, we have Bibles in the back that you can take home with, with you. So we will be uh, studying, going deeper into the first, second, and third letter of John. And that's toward the end of the New Testament. And just so you guys know, if you guys want to read two books of the Bible really quick, start with John 2 or second uh, letter of John, because it's only one chapter. And then the third one is also one chapter. First John, it's five chapters, so it's a little more reading. It's about eight minutes. So there you have it. If you want to study God's Word and read three books in, in, what, 15 minutes, start with those uh, letters. So yeah, we would like to explore the importance of uh, these three letters. I believe these three letters are quite relevant to us. These are letters of 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. But we're going to break it down a little bit. I think when we study God's Word, um, we benefit so much by understanding the cultural context to also trying to understand who the writer uh, was and also who he was writing to and what was going on. So we're going to break these letters down a little bit so we can uh, uh, learn about the importance of these three letters. So an interesting detail, though, is that 1 John is actually anonymous. In the letter in itself, it doesn't say who the writer was. Second and third John are written by someone who is called the elder, and we can see those in the first Bible uh, verses. Now, the language and style of all these three letters are identical to each other and also to John's gospel. And so most uh, scholars, most people think that these three letters come from the disciple that Jesus loved. Isn't that amazing? Just by understanding the style, the way these beautiful letters were written, we, we understand that it was the apostle John. As, as we said before, the, the disciple that Jesus loved. When the author writes these letters, he's now in his old age. And he's overseeing a network of uh, house churches, pretty much. And that was in, the, in an ancient, ancient city of Ephesus. Um, also, we understand and we know from clues from these uh, letters and also the book of John that these house churches were primarily uh, Jewish people. And uh, so he was writing to, to people who knew his culture, who knew his, his background. Estas cartas las escribió el apóstol Juan cuando ya estaba viejito. Y él estaba encargado de supervisar un grupo de iglesias en casa. También sabemos que estas cartas fueron dirigidas a gente que estaba en la parte de Éfeso y también que eran principalmente eh, judíos, estas personas. So, 
Um, what is interesting, too, is that the motivation for John to write these letters. When we read these letters, especially second and third, we know there is conflict. There is a, an important issue that John has to address. There is a, a crisis in these house churches. There is fear. They're, they don't know what's going to happen to these house churches because there is a crisis. So the motivation for uh, the Apostle John to write these letters, it's to address, it's to tackle the issue, you know. It's, it's, these three letters are almost like a, like a damage control, you know. I'm going to write these letters because we need to address what's going on in these house churches. Estas cartas que escribe el, el apóstol eh, Juan son para solucionar un problema muy serio que estaba pasando en estas iglesias. Uh, the Apostle John mentions that a group of people have broken off from these churches. These people abandoned the core beliefs of Christianity and were causing problems among those who stayed faithful to the churches. And again, second and third John, it's very specific what he is addressing. Uh, second John is warning a, a specific house church that there are people who denied Jesus. John calls them deceivers. En este, en este aspecto, Juan no se cuida de sus palabras y llama a estas personas que están causando problemas mentirosos, ¿verdad? ¿Por qué? Porque se están alejando del, de las creencias principales del cristianismo. Um, so, John tells in this chapter not to offer any help to these deceivers. And uh, we're going to read on, on, on chapter 2, verse 7, and it says... I say this because many deceivers have gone out into the world. They denied that Jesus Christ came in real body. Such a person is a deceiver and an antichrist. Watch out that you do not lose what we have worked so hard to achieve. Be diligent so that you receive your full reward. Anyone who wanders away from these teachings has no relationship with God. But anyone who remains in the teachings of Christ has a relationship with both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to your meeting and does not teach the truth about Christ, don't invite that person into your home or give any kind of encouragement. Anyone who welcomes them, share in their wicked work. In 3 John, again, we're, we're trying to understand what is the motivation for John to write these three letters. In the, in the third book of John, or letter of John, uh, he explains what's going on. And uh, so this letter, the third letter, it's actually written to a member of one of these house churches, um, a man named Gaius. And the elder asked, or John, asked him to welcome legitimate missionaries who are going to arrive soon. That's what, that's what it's on the letter. It's very, very um, interesting to read these letters. Uh, he has to tell him to do this because the leader of the, the church, Diatrophus, that's a fancy name. Well, this Diatrophus, it's, he's acting like a jerk. You know, he's uh, taking control. He's so prideful that he is the leader of this house church, and he is in, uh, in complete disagreement with the teachings of Christ, the Apostle uh, John. So we're reading in uh, the third letter. Remember, it's only one chapter, verse 5. 
Uh, dear friend, you are faithful. And remember, John is writing this letter to Gaius. And he says, dear friend, you are faithful in what you are doing for the brothers and sisters, even though they are strangers to you. Why? Because they were missionary. They were going somewhere else, and they were, uh, Gaius was intentionally welcoming them, feeding them, sending them maybe with money for the, for the trip. So he was intentionally in, in caring for th these missionaries. Uh, they have told the church about your love. Please send them on their way in a manner that honors God. It was for the sake of the name that they went out, receiving no help from the pagans. We are therefore to show hospitality to such people so that they may work together for the truth. I rode to the church, but Diotrephus, who loves to be first, very prideful guy, huh, will not welcome us. So when I come, I will call attention to what he is doing spreading malicious nonsense about us. Not satisfied with that, he even refuses to welcome others, other believers. He also stops those who want to do so and puts them out of the church. So as you can see, it's, it's a big problem. These, these house churches are dealing with, with uh, division, with uh, leaders that are not seeking God's will, leaders that are departing for, for the faith from the, the, that faith that we need to have in Christ. So the Apostle John is trying to address. He is confronting through these love letters this situation. So that's letter two and third. Um, so it's, it's basically a window. When we read these letters, we know what's going on in there. Cuando leemos estas dos cartas, la segunda y la tercera, nos damos cuenta del problema. So, what John does in the first letter, he addresses, he goes into, into details, how, what we need to do. So first letter of John explains what, it, what to do. So we're going to go deeper into that specific letter. So first John was written as a response to all this. As a form of damage control, the author assures those who still believe in the Messiah Jesus, that God is with them as they stay in his truth. This helps us understand the uniqueness of 1 John. Uh, also, in this first letter, John says that he is not sharing new information. In fact, almost all the key ideas and words in 1 John come right out of Jesus' teachings in the Gospel of John from chapters 13 through 17. And I was thinking, man, how many times we, we, we're in a situation where we know what we need to do, right? We know what's going on, but we need to be reminded of. Sometimes we come to church because there is something uneasy in our hearts, right? We know what's wrong with us, but we need to hear that. We need a reminder. That's why this beautiful creation invention that God did for us called church, it's so important. We need to listen to one another. We need to connect with one another. ¿Verdad? Eso pasa a veces en nuestra vida de que nosotros sabemos más o menos cuál es la solución al problema. Sabemos cuál es el problema, pero como que no queremos enfrentarlo hasta que alguien nos lo dice. Y eso es lo que dice Juan en esta carta, que él está 
eh, recordando lo que ya ellos sabían. So it is a reminder, basically, what John is doing in this first uh, letter. We're going to read First um, uh, John chapter 1 through 4. Uh, when I share, by the way, I love reading God's word. I think, you know, sometimes uh, uh, there's no need for explanation. When we read God's word, it's, it's there. So I love reading God's word. So that's why I emphasize on you guys having a Bible or your phones or it's also on the screens. But, um, so we're going to read a few verses from this First uh, John and uh, listen to how he speaks. He sounds pretty much like John the Gospel. It, he is reminding people, basically, of uh, the, their commitment to Christ. So it reads, First uh, John chapter 1, verse through, 1 through 4, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. We ride this to make our joy complete. So, again, John's goal is to remind these Christians to stay true to what they already believe. Uh, something very interesting about this letter, too, is that the way this, this letter was written, it's very poetical. It's, it's not like the typical letter. And I'm, I'm telling you, something very interesting is that if the Apostle John was going to, through English classes in the university or of, of even high school, he would probably flunk the way he writes the letter. It was terrible because they would use a different style completely. So basically how John writes these letters, he, he gets... Uh, basically two or three core ideas, and he repeats that over and over. It's like when we are kids, right, and our mom says, hey, go brush your teeth, right? And then we don't do it. And then she says, hey, uh, go ahead and brush your teeth because something, right? Or tie your shoes. If not, you're going to fall. And the, the kid doesn't listen, right? So what do we do? Hey, tie your shoe, because if you fall, I have to go to the hospital, and you're going to get a shot, right? So we are amplifying those ideas. So that's basically what John does. For us, with our standards, it sounds pretty repetitive, kind of boring. It's like, I get it, John. You know, you don't have to tell me three times what, what you already told me. But that was the, the style, and it is actually called the amplification style. It's basically two, three ideas through this letter, and he repeats, but he adds a little more. And uh, also, he uses this uh, contrast in this letter to uh, make sure that we get his point. He uses light and darkness, uh, um, truth and lies. He's, he's very poetical when he writes this letter, but again, very repetitive. Just an interesting uh, fact about uh, cultures. I mean, we're a multicultural church. Uh, one funny fact is that when I was in uh, Spanish classes, the way they teach us to write an essay, the way to, they teach us to write a, a letter, it's you give all the reasons, and then at the end, your punchline. In our culture here, in our American culture, that's a waste of time. You know, it's like, what do you want from the beginning, right? It's you, when you write an essay, you write a letter, right? You say, okay, this is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm presenting. You write a letter to your boss or, or to whoever. This is what I need from you, right? Very business-oriented. 
this was very similar to the Latin culture, pretty much like going in circles, going in circles, you know? So uh, just an interesting fact about how different the culture was. And that is why the Apostle John is so repetitive. And remember, it's not repetitive, it's the technical term, it's amplification, ¿verdad? Eso es lo que está haciendo Juan en estas cartas. Parece que repite mucho las ideas, pero era intencional para que esas ideas penetraran el corazón nuestro, para que llegaran a nuestra mente muy profundo. So, uh, also, this letter has basically four sections, uh, an introduction and then a conclusion. And then in between, there are two main sections, and that's where we're going to stay focused today on. So, uh, the flowing of the book back goes back and forth between the uh, introduction and the conclusion. And it doesn't follow any kind of rigid, literary design, but, seems, but there seems to be two larger sections. They both start with the phrase, this is the message. And then each is followed by a repetition of images about how God is light. So he's going to be talking about how God is light and the importance of understanding this in different ways. So repeating, God is light because or uh, using an image. And also, what is the other important section right there? It's how God is love. And he goes in, in circles for us, right? right? Explaining uh, why God is love. So the first main section, God is light, is the message of the apostles that the God revealed in, Je that, that the God revealed in Jesus is light. If people want to participate in God's own life through Jesus, they need to keep walking in the light. It means to follow Jesus' commands. And that's hard. I don't know for you guys, but to me sometimes following Jesus' commands, it's hard. I got to be honest with you, it's, it's hard. But see, in this letter, we are reminded that even though it's hard, we can count on his grace and his love and forgiveness for us. John is addressing this situation, and uh, so when we fall, when we fail, Jesus' sacrifice on the cross will cover our sins. And guess what? In this letter, we're encouraged to, if we fall, to stand up and, and go again. It is very clear. It's a very truthful message. Hey, if you fail, if you sin, stop doing it, stand up, and keep walking with Jesus. El mensaje una de las ideas principales de este mensaje es caminar en la luz. Y cuando nosotros pecamos, pues lo que debemos hacer es arrepentirnos, pararnos, limpiarnos un poquito las rodillas y seguir caminando con Jesús porque Él está listo para perdonarnos también. So, when, when we feel we are not good enough to be loved by God, we should remember that God's love it's greater than, a, than our doubts. Have you ever doubted that God loves you the way you are? I have. Uh, we as humans, right? We, are, we as humans say, no, I don't deserve God's love because I did this and I did that. And I don't deserve this incredible love. But guess what? This letter of love is telling us that no matter where we are at, no matter what we've done, God is ready to reconcile and to bring his love, his truth, and his grace to us. 
So doubts, telling you my friends, we can start throwing those doubts out the window because God's love is bigger than our doubts. El amor del Señor es más grande que nuestras dudas. Cuando nos sentimos que no debemos seguir en una relación con Dios porque somos muy pecadores, eh, acordémonos que el Señor es más grande que nuestras dudas también. So, it is very, uh, it is very assurance, very assuring that God loves it's everything that we need. So, going into how are we going to solve these issues that, that were presented in chapter 2 and 3. So, John reminds the churches of Jesus' old slash new command given to the disciples at the Last Supper. We're going to read John chapter 13 and 34. And it says, A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Este mandamiento nuevo les doy, que se amen los unos a los otros, así como yo los he amado. También ustedes deben amarse los unos a los otros. Sí, doing this, loving one another, it's walking in the light. ¿Qué significa este versículo? Bueno, que si hacemos esto, estamos caminando en la luz del Señor. Now, if God's light is now shining through Jesus, then this means that the world's darkness, it's passing away. He, he, he tells that in this letter. In Jesus, we have victory over the sin, evil, and death that reigns in the world. Let's go back to First uh, John, and we're reading from chapter 2, verses 17. The world and its desires pass, pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. El mundo se acaba con sus malos deseos, pero el que hace la voluntad de Dios permanece para siempre. One of the issues that uh, John was addressing in these letters to these house churches, it was pride. We saw that on, on the previous letter. He was, this guy was acting like a jerk. He was acting like, I'm, I'm the big shot. So there was a situation with, with pride that John was addressing in these letters. Um, and also... Uh, in, in the context of these letters, the, um, when he's referring to the world and its desires and all that, uh, he is talking about uh, sexual corruption too. In those days, it was crazy. Sounds like today, right? So John is addressing those issues in this letter. He's talking about that. Likely, these are problems connected to the conflict that was happening in the church. In this first letter, John also warns the churches about these people who left the, these house churches and who denied Jesus as the Messiah. John calls them the Antichrist. These are very strong words, but I think they deserve that. You know, if, if they, they choose not to believe that Jesus is God, that he was born from a virgin, that he uh, died on the cross and rose again, we have an issue. So he is very clear and he is very truthful, very strong words. He's saying, uh, John called, called, calls them antichrist, the deceivers. But he's confident that those who will, that, I'm sorry, that those who still know the truth about Jesus are in fact the true children of God. And they show that they are part of God's family 
when they do righteousness and when they love one another, unlike the deceivers who are gener generating anger and division. Also, in this letter, again, this is a love letter, but he's using very strong language. Why? Because we, as parents, know, right? Love is not the, nee, 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 you know, you're so cute all the time, right? That's not work. Love has to be truthful. Love has to be, uh, love calls out when there is something wrong, right? So this is what John is doing. He's very loving, but he's also very truthful. He's saying, you know what? Don't hang out with those guys. They are danger. You know, you guys are the children of God, so stay committed to, stay on course, you know, following Jesus' teachings. But, again, he's warning the church not to follow these guys because they are deceivers. They are antichrist. These are very, very strong uh, words. But, again, it's love. It's true, true love. So, we see, we see the, the struggle in his heart. You know, the Apostle John, it's, it's suffering. He's struggling for, for, the, for the health of these house churches. And uh, so he says, um, the true children of God, and they show they are, oh, I'm sorry. So we are part of God's family when, when we do righteousness and when we love one another. So John also calls them, these guys who are causing problems, who are leaving the church, who are departing from, from the core of Christianity, he calls them false prophets. When they deny that Jesus is the Messiah, or they say to speak for God, but John says to test the spirits. If anyone claims to speak on God's behalf, but doesn't focus on Jesus as the crucified Son of God, they do not speak for God. We're going to read... Uh, uh, verses um, 15 and 16. Dear friends, do not believe every... I'm sorry, yeah, uh, verses 1. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming, and even now it's already in the world. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them, because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world, and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world. And the world listens to them. We are from God, and whoever knows God listens to us. But whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and spirit and the spirit of falsehood. You guys, did you guys see that? How John repeats the same idea over and over. It's like, okay, I'm getting confused here. It's like, Mom, stop it. I get it. You know, that's pretty much how I feel when I'm reading these letters. I I get it. But this is such an important concept, you know. If somebody is not teaching uh, about Jesus, the right, the, the way the Bible talks about Jesus, we have a problem. And this is a warning for us as well. Test the spirits. Listen 
Listen to whoever is preaching on Sunday morning. Listen to Greg. Listen to Martin. Listen to Pastor Russ. Are we preaching what the Bible says, or are we departing from that? So it is very important that we grow in the knowledge of God's Word. Qué importante es que nosotros nos preparemos, que, que seamos vigilantes, que probemos los espíritus. Aún cuando predica Greg, cuando predico yo, cuando predica el Pastor Raz, ¿estamos predicando la palabra del Señor verdaderamente o nos estamos alejando de la palabra del Señor? El apóstol Juan habla claramente de que debemos probar, de que debemos ser muy cuidadosos de lo que estamos recibiendo también. So, in the second main section of the letter, God is love, John reminds the church that God's children should love one another and avoid hatred. Don't be like Cain, he says, and he's referring to Genesis 4. Uh, his hatred led him to kill his brother. For Christians, for us, love is defined by giving up one's life as a sacrifice for the well-being of others. That's what Jesus did. When we trust in that love, this love changes us. Oh my, when, when I hear this phrase, love is defined by giving up one's life as a sacrifice for the well-being of others. That's what Jesus did. Oh, that, that's, that's a big statement. How many of us could or are there living in that truth? I have to confess, I am not. I, I still deal with uh, uh, selfish desires that probably push me away from this truth, but that is the journey of sanctification. That is the process of uh, growing in our, the knowledge of Christ. Let the Holy Spirit dwell in us. That's what the Bible says. And he will guide us to that truth. And he will help us to become, to be more like Jesus. Si nosotros creemos en el, en el poder redentor del Espíritu Santo, Él nos está invitando a eso, a que si no estamos en ese punto de dar la vida por otros, que sigamos caminando, que creamos en el poder redentor del Espíritu Santo para llegar a ser más como Cristo, ¿verdad? Uh, also, John says, God's true children will center their whole lives on the crucified and risen Jesus, because that's where we see God's true heart revealed. This is what motivates Jesus' followers to love others in the same way. When people encounter this God of love, it does change how we feel about fear and anxiety forever. When you realize that God so loves you, that he is crazy about you, despite your deepest flaws and failures, everything changes. And when, when God's love gets gets a hold of us, it opens up eternal life. It's, it's, it's a life permeated with God's own presence and life and love, and it begins now carrying us into eternity. This is, this is very important right here, and let me break it down a little bit. Uh, we have to dwell, we have to live in God's truth. And that is that we are safe because he started the process. It's not what Martin did to earn salvation, but it is God's grace. It is God's love. When I accept that reality, when I accept that it is God's love who brought me to this point in my life, 
then I can have a different picture of fear or, or anxiety of feeling rejected by God. It is not because of my own doing that I deserve God's love, because nobody will. But it is God's love for us. This relationship between you and God, between me and God, starts from God in itself. It's, it didn't start it from us. We were dead in sin, and it is his grace, his truth, that starts the whole process. So this is very important, friends, that we live in that reality. No fear. Don't live in that state of mind saying, do I deserve God's love? Of course you do. Not because you chose it, not because you deserve it, but it is because he chose to love you. Simple as that. Cuando tengamos ese miedo de, de pensar, bueno, realmente merezco el amor del Señor, soy tan malo que no merezco el amor del Señor, olvidémonos de eso, porque el amor de Dios empieza desde Dios, no desde mis propias obras. Entonces, ese es nuestro punto de partida en nuestro caminar, aceptando este amor que nos transforma, este amor que nos lleva a la eternidad. So, this is, this is a very important reminder. We know that, right? We know that everything starts from the Lord, but John is overemphasizing that we need to accept this reality, that everything starts from him. It's not what I do or what I don't do, but it is God's incredible grace to each one of us. So, this love that we receive, that we don't deserve, it's what John is uh, overemphasizing. See, the way you are loved, the way you receive this incredible gift, it's the same way you have to love one another. My goodness, that's a big love. I don't know if I can do that, to be honest with you. Uh, uh, it is sacrificial love for one another, what God is asking us to do. Es un amor que se sacrifica por los otros, ¿verdad? And we have to do it. We have to, because it is, it is a, a, a beautiful and incredible commitment. John, I'm going to read from First uh, John chapter 4, verses 7 and to 11, and then we're going to skip a few verses, and we're going to read 18 to 19. And it says, uh, Dear friends, let's love one another. For love, guess what? Comes from, from who? From God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also have to love one another. I'm reading. This is the word of God speaking to us. Love comes from him, so we love the same way God loves us. We're going to skip to 18. There is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment, speaks the Apostle John. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because what? 
he first loved us. There is, 18 says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. You know, we are, I, I truly believe that, you know, when we receive the gift of salvation, comes from, from the Lord, you know, and no matter, no matter how much effort I put into this salvation to say, oh, I, I want to be, be saved, I want to go to heaven, blah, 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 doesn't work that way. You know, it starts from God. That's what the Bible says. It's his love. It's, I, I, I'm thinking on that, that, uh, that song that we sing that talks about uh, the bones it's a vision in the Old Testament where the bones are dead, right? And God speaks life, and guess what? These bones, they, suddenly they start uh, growing skin and muscles and all that. Why? Because it's, everything starts from God. His love, it's the beginning. It's the starting point for our journey. So I would love to encourage you guys and myself to, to grab fear, throw it out of the window, because it is settled. We do not deserve this love. It starts from God. God chose to love us. So we are walking in his truth because of his grace, because of his power. So live in love, live in the light, live in peace, because God, God has a whole of your life, of our lives. And he is guiding us in this journey, this spiritual adventure you know, that we are in. One day, guess what? We will be with God in heaven. All of us. I guarantee you guys. Some, some sooner, some later. But at some point, we will be face to face. We're going to be in God's presence, feeling, experimenting, seeing this love made reality. Un día, ¿verdad? Vamos a estar delante de la presencia del Señor. Algunos más prontito, otros después. Pero todos vamos a estar en la presencia del Señor. Y ahí vamos a ver, vamos a conocer ese amor tan grande que el Señor tiene. Así que les invito para que el miedo, la ansiedad, el, el temor de, de, bueno, seré o no seré, me ama Dios o no me ama Dios, que lo tiremos por la ventana, porque este amor viene del Señor. Ninguno de nosotros lo merecemos. Dios escogió amarnos. So, the command we have from Christ in these three letters, it's, blunt is very strong loving God includes loving people you've got to love both there is no um, oh Lord I love you so much you know elbowing people around or oh I hate that person oh man uh, I learned I have a wife I have sisters and I have uh, daughters too oh, or oh she's dressed up so ugly today you know uh, that's, that's what I learned from having daughters, you know. They go like that and checking the girls out and, ooh, that's not appropriate for church, you know. And, uh, ooh, no, that's out of style. Wait, you know, what is love? We have an example in Christ. And that is what, what these love letters are teaching us, that we need to love one another, that we need to respect one another, that we need to care for one another. You know, whenever here at church we do a uh, uh, baptism or whenever we do a uh, confirmation of faith, Pastor Russ always says, hey, congregation, let's all stand up, right? And one of the questions he says, are you committed to support this person 
are we really committed to walk with one another in this incredible spiritual journey? And I say yes, you know, and I hear the congregation saying yes. So this is a privilege. This is a blessing that we have as the body of Christ to walk together. ¿Verdad? Qué bonito cuando el pastor Russ invita aquí a las personas a, a, a un bautismo o a, a una confirmación que él le, le pide a la congregación, pónganse de pie y, y todos nos comprometemos, prometemos, sí, vamos a ayudarle a esta persona. Pues tenemos que vivir en esa realidad, tenemos que cumplir esa promesa que hemos hecho de apoyarnos los, los unos a los otros. So again, these letters, these letters are very special because this is true love. It is very real, it is very truthful, you know, how he addresses the, the enemies of Christ, and it is also very comforting, reminding us that our salvation depends and starts from the Lord. So, I think I'm gonna re read these letters I, I was checking, I was asking Flory, hey Flory, do, you, do we ha still have those letters? And they are from 1988. It's a long time ago, 30 years. So I think I'm gonna have fun today. We're gonna get some coffee and, you know, browse these letters, who knows what we're gonna find. But what I, what I get from these letters is that the core message is gonna be love. It's we wanna be together. And that's exactly what these three letters of John are telling us we want to be together we we want to be together with one another and we want to be in communion with with god so encouragement read those three beautiful letters and receive it because god is talking to each one of you to me and, and to all of us so let's pray lord thank you so much for your word thank you for giving us jesus christ thank you for giving us salvation through this incredible and powerful uh, sacrifice on the cross. Lord, we offer you our lives. We confess, Lord, that sometimes we don't love our brothers and sisters the way you loved us. So Lord, forgive us for that. Lord, make us more like you every day. Lord, help us to grow in your truth. Help us to live out this reality of uh, discerning uh, checking who is speaking the truth and who is not lord help us to be intentional in our spiritual growth guide us lord and we thank you for this incredible love in jesus name we pray amen let's all stand